0: Good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Samiches in Maseches Yuma. Today, we'll start with the Mishnah on Samech Zain Ahmed Bez. And the Mishnah discusses, uh, we're hopefully going to finish the parak, the sixth parak. And so, you have to, after you play, you have to put away the toys. And here too, we are Lahavdil. The analogy is, we're going to have to figure out where we're going to do with these carcasses. So, just by way of, uh, sort of orienting ourselves, we did, we went through a few times already the Seder Avodah of the Kohen Godel, and we just learned the Seir Hamishtaleach, right, and the Seir Lashem. Now, so without, without, uh, everything over, let's just at least highlight that we've done the Avodah Sapar, right? We Shechted a par, we shechted a se'ir, and we sent out the se'ir Mishtalech. So what are you going to do with the carcass of the par and the se'ir that you shechted? You've already done the Hazor Saddam, right? And now um, you've done essentially the kapara, right? What we call the kapara. You've done the essential avoda. So just to put it in context, when we bring a korban ola, for example... Right? To Hashem. So we put the entire animal, we flay it, right? We take the skin off the animal. We, then we, uh, cut the animal into pieces and put it on the mizbeh. And the entire animal is burnt on the actual mizbeh. This is not the case for the par and the seir that we're using here on Yom Kippur. In fact, we're going to, uh, that, that's an ola. With, with, with chattas, right? So, the meat uh, is eaten by Kohanim. The, the meat is eaten by Kohanim. However, with these animals, right, the Seir and the power of Yom Kippur, the meat is not going to be eaten. It has to be burned. But it's not an Ola, so it's not burned on the Mizbeach. So it's burned outside of Yerushalayim. We'll see. It has to be taken out of the city and burnt and where, where? Well, the Psukim are actually at the very end Right at the very very end of uh, the parshas of uh, Yom Kippur, it says uh, we we already read that the seir hamish right uh, 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 the pasuk says in vayikar tezayin chavav em shaleches the seir la zazel yichabes megadav rechats et b'ser b'mayim v'achreichen yevolamachaneh Khatas, v'seirachatas asher huva yestamam lachaper b'kodesh yotzi el michutz la'machaneh. Besarfu vaesha Sorosamves Bisaramves piersham, Right? So the Pusuk says explicitly that after, and it's the next Pasuk, right? So Tas Zion Vav in Baikra talks about the Mesha Lachans here and that he should that and talks about his begotten being Tameh, and therefore he needs to be We talked about when do they become Tameh? We'll touch on it a little bit again today. And the very next Pasuk says that what are you doing with the carcasses so to speak of the par and the seir that we've just spent so much time discussing you bring it out and burn them outside and not unlike a an ola where you skin the animal first and then burn its limbs on the mizbech here you burn it outside with the skin it's somewhat intact this animal you burn it outside with the skin and the meat and pisham is their waste everything gets burnt together Outside of Yerushalayim, so that will be our discussion. So let's start with that. The Mishnah says, "Balo etzel hanisrafim." Okay, so now we finish the avoda of we. Let, let me rephrase that last word. We didn't finish the avoda. We said that the seir mishalech, and we're up to what we'll say is the next pasuk. Okay, in the in the Torah. Okay, which is why I would presume this Mishnah appears now. And we'll see, Rashi has a very strong comment over here. Uh, so now the coin Gadol is going to go up to the power of the Seir that are, ba- that are to be burnt. He literally tears open and removes the Emurim, right? The Emurim is the part of the, some of the innards. Emurim are in fact the same ones here that are used for the Korban olah. They're just the, the fat around the abdomen and the the kidneys as well as the kidneys themselves the diaphragm part of the liver these are classically the murim in any corbun, those are in fact taken out of the animal so you see the animal is being um, right dissected here it's not like we're not you're know, right we shucked it and it's not like we're, we're keeping it entirely whole but as the Mepharshan point out it's still gonna be in its skin so it's still gonna be uh, I know this is a little bit like uh not relatable. We're more used to just reading from a sitter instead of doing these carbonos. But the animal is still in its skin and uh it might even have its limbs um somewhat not intact as far as within the skin, but it's all sort of like kept together by the skin. But the Imurim are taken out. So as the Mishnah says, you cut it you cut it open and you take out the emurim. and then the Sanan Magis Vik al Then he puts all of the animals um, in a bowl and then it says a, an unusual thing and he burns them on the Mizbeach okay what is he burning on the Mizbeach so it ha- that's that has to be um, the Emurim so he's putting the Emurim in a bowl and he's burning them on the Mizbeach Rashi is going to make a very important point here and then it says then he the anim- took the animal and kla'an means he braided them, like chala. So What he really means is he has the dead seir and the dead par together on like are sticks. It's like on like a stretcher. And he basically intertwines them together just so that they don't fall apart. He sort of tucks them in to each other so they're not loose on this, so to speak, makeshift stretcher. on the And he takes them out to what we call the base Strefa. so outside, as Rashi points out, outside of Yerushalayim. This um is not referring to the kohen Gadol himself. He's not the one taking him out. He has to continue the Avoda, but uh, he hands them over to the people who are going to take it out to the base Ha um, Just to finish the Mishnah, and we may have to go back and analyze a couple of things within Rashi. And then, as we discussed, it says that the begadim are going to be M'tameh, asks the Mishnah, Meemasai asai M'tameh begadim when are the clothing become M'tameh? Mishiyots hachuts hachom azara. As soon as they walk out, the Tanakhama says, out of the walls of the Azara, right, the Chatzar Azara of the Bates Mekdash, and Rabbi Shimon Omer, Mishiyots haur beruban. Way later, they get all the way out of the Azara, Ma- all the way out of the Har Habayis, they get all the way out of the walls of Yerushalayim, and they're already in the designated area where they're going to be uh, lighting the place. They already lit it on fire. And when most of the limbs are on fire, that is when the begadim become tamay. The Gemara is going to explain the source of the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon. Okay, so you read the Mishnah and it seems simple enough. But the first thing Rashi explains, the first Rashi in the Mishnah, Bolo Par, says Rashi... So the first thing he actually points out, uh, you think that this is pretty pashat, that we talked about the Sierra HaMishtalach, and he's saying, well, we just finished discussing the Sierra HaMishtalach, and so now we're going on to the next part of the Seder, right? We're going on to the next thing that the Kohen Gadol does. And part of what's brought out in Rashi over here is that while the seir is going out, this is really what you could tease out of this first Rashi is. Obviously, we're not waiting necessarily for for to hear news of the seir having been tumbled down the cliff before we are continuing with the savoda. Nor is the kohen gadol going out to the midbar with the seir mishleach. As we know, the ish iti is going out. So we're going to discuss right in the uh, at a certain point over here. We're going to discuss at what point uh, does the Cohen Gadol resume the avoda? He's waiting for some aspect of this Si'er avoda to be done before he resumes his avoda, and and that's going to be the Hak'tar, Right? It's going to be uh, this idea that the, um, the that he's going to be putting the uh, uh, starting to burn the carcasses and get uh, rid of them. But the big, big, the big, big question here is. Um, is in the right is in the Gemara. So let's continue with the Gemara, and you'll see where Rashi points out the big issue in our Mishnah. As follows, says the Gemara: "Vihikti run Do you think that he burned him now at this point? Right. After all, we're talking about he just sent out the shir mishdaleach, and the Gemara is asking, what is going on? You burnt." The limbs now, why are we mentioning, as we said, we have the Seder Ha'avoda, it's a Seder. And as we mentioned, if you go out of order, then it's not even, it's not even Chal, right? You need to have the Seder in a specific order. So why are we now talking about burning these limbs? What's the problem? Why should we not be talking about the limbs? Because, so Rashi, um, well, first, the, the answer. It says, So when you, look at the, when you look at the Gemara, it says, no, it means not that you're going to, uh, not that he's doing the um, burning of the Imurim now, but he's putting them in the bowl now. Remember, the, the Lashon in the Mishnah was, Nesanan b'magis v'ik, Tiran al-gabi mizbeach. Right? The Lashon in the Mishnah, if you read it in shot, is that you take out the Imurim, right, take it out of the animal, put it in a bowl, and burn it al-gabi Amizbeh. Okay, so the question that is that becomes is very important, which is there is a lot that he's doing before he burns the imurim on the Mizbeh. That's the issue, and so the the, the shaklavatari according to Rashi is why are you saying why are you saying that we're burning the imurim now? We're not burning the imurim until way later, and the answer according to Rashi in the Gemara is no. What it means is you're putting in the bowl now. Okay, and then you're going to burn it way, way later. But when it says Nasan magis, it just means that you're putting in the bolt to be burnt later. Right. So now we have to see the Rashi. It's the last thin line, Garas <speaking in Hebrew> And then you go to the first wide line. It says, <speaking in Hebrew> okay, so what was the question like this? Um the question is According to some girsas, right? It said viktiran bemagah bemagis salkadaita. So just to explain what's going on here, because there's a giant tosfos that takes up the entire Samach Zion base, bays, and there's a sizable rashi. So just to say it outside, it's like this: some girsas said that the first question of the gemara was viktiran bemagis Do you really think? that you burn it in the bowl? You don't. You bring, the bowl is just used as a receptacle to transfer the emurim, right? So again, the, the Lashon of the Mishnah is, it makes it sound like, oh, you put it in a the bowl and put the bowl on top of the mizbeach and burn it like that. So the Mepharshim, uh, many of them say that what it means is, you take it in a bowl, put it on top of the mizbeach, burn it like that. And so, according to them, the Shkashan the Gemara is v'hik tiran Do you really think that you're going to light it? In a bowl? No, you never put a bowl on top of the Mizbech. You just use the bowl to transfer it. And that's the answer of the Gemara, that it means, no, you take the bowl as a receptacle and then burn the emurim without the bowl. But Rashi is pointing out there's a way more fundamental question here. And therefore he takes out the word v'hiktiran b'magis. He just says v'hiktiran salkadayitach. As Rashi says, v'chiachshavumak maktiran. and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's important to understand where we are in the Seder HaAvoda. So we'll read inside Rashi over here the second wide line. He, the Kohen Gadol, at this stage, that he sent out the Seer he's still wearing his Big Day And as we will read in the next Mishnayas, um, uh in the next parak, that we're going to, that there's more to the Savoda. You're reading the, the Parsha. He's going to be reading from the Sefer Torah, the Kohen Gadol. He still has, Plenty of changing and dunking in the mikvah and changing of clothes to do. Then he wears the big days of after he reads from the Torah. Le'elo v'la'ail, v'la'aila'am. And he brings the korban a'ail. And then v'it bolshni lahotzi Kaf machte. And then he's going to do another dunking to bring out the kafa machte. V'it bolshli shishna musafim. And then the korban musaf. The and, the and then says the Rashi, v'it bolshli shishna musafim. And then the korban musaf. And then says the Rashi, Ela bolshli I'm sorry. Okay, so Rashi's pointing out, just like we did a chazara on what goes on leading up to the Sierra Mishthaleach, there's a lot that goes on after the Sierra Mishthaleach. And all of that goes on before the Haktarasai Murin. And so the question becomes, why is the Mishnah really bringing up the Haktarasai Murin here? So I think it's because that's really the next Pasuk in the Torah and because it is, in fact, where he's going to, I mean, put the, take the Imurim out and put them in the bowl. But it's not to give you the impression, as the Mishnah does, that he's about to do the burning of the Imurim now. The burning of the Imurim doesn't happen until way after. We have still a little bit more to go, a few more weeks, before the Simurim and and we'll do the Haqtars Simurim around the time of the Tamachil Bein Arba'im. Then, okay, so now we have a sequential chronology and we can plow through in the, gem- in the Gemara. Very good. So now five lines up from the bottom, two dots. Um, uh, 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 okay, so we go on a stretcher like, uh, like braids. Like a braid. Right, that unlike an Ola, the brace explains, unlike an Ola where the surgery is that you take off the skin first, then put it on the Mizbeach. This is different. Ela or al... um got a stuck page here. or al-gabe basar, Right? That the skin remains on the meat of this par and seir and finds. So the Gemara says, what's the source? Minonimili, what do we know? D'itanya, Rebi Omer, Nehmer or So I already read the Pasuk. It says, at or Basar, it, right, it says you bring them out, Besarfuba, Esh, Asar, Asamve, Saramve, Bisham. So it sounds like you're burning all of it together. Where is the other place where you say or Basaru, Perish? By the Parakar Mashiach. That is in Vayikr Dal Yudalef. It says, Venemra Lahalan, Ora Basaru, Perish. It says elsewhere, in connection with the burning of the, of the Parakar Mashiach, that you also do the skin together with the meat and with the waste. Malah halan as we arrive finally at some chesam adalaf. Malah halan aydei nituach voloye they have shed. Afkan aydei nituach voloye aydei have shed. So just like we know that in the case of the parkon mashiach we don't skin the animal. So too here in the uh, par of and the seir of the kohen gadol zavoda we don't skin the animal when we before we do the burning. Okay. So gemara says v'hassam But how do we know the pasuk in vayikor dalad yeralef. Um, Rabbi Gross opened up a new sort of learning center outside of the shul, very near to where me and Birnbam live on Greenspring, next to uh, Shomerimuna, and we had a hard time finding the but we finally found the chumash. It's, uh, it's a, a lot of gemar, a lot of there, and we looked at Vayikra Dal, the whole parsha over there in the beginning of Vayikra of the Par Dover Daver Shaltzibor, the Par Korin Mashiach. And there, sure enough, it says this. So it says over there, it makes uh, an allusion to uh, how you learn all of those korbanos. What we're going to be doing in the Gemara now is all the limudim that we have in comparing all the extraneous words in those in those psukim. Fine. So it says, How do we know that we keep it in the skin in the case of the, of the par- so, as we just, um, as we just read, that you take out, you take it out with its innards and with its waste. That's what Pir Shalem. So, that teaches you you take out the whole bull, the whole par, while it's whole. You might think you'd also burn it, right? In other words, a shava Because it says that you should take it out whole, as we just described, and it also says that you should burn it. So, maybe it also needs to be burned whole. Namar, but no, because Namar Khan, Rosho, Uchora and Namar Lahalan, Rosho, Choraim, so to learn how, whether to burn it whole or not, uh, that we actually make a hekesh to the Ola, and with the Korban Ola, we do not in fact burn it whole. We first skin it, then we put it in uh, uh limb by limb on the Mizbeach. We arrange it in limbs, not whole on the Mizbeach when we burn it. And therefore, that aspect of the burning we do adopt from Ola. Ma'la Ha'lan, just like there by the Korban Ola, we do it limb by limb, al yedeh which means after it's already right been dismembered, af al yedeh nituach. tuach So too here, the Koran Godel, again, unlike the Ola, it's being kept in its skin, but like the Ola, we sort of dismember it in its skin, so it 's kind of like loose as we mentioned earlier, loose limbs inside the, with the skin, sort of like keeping it uh, intact um, right like uh, dovi Frankel it's the first Dovi Frankel mentioned in, in this year he, he he was in a hockey tournament, so it 's just like your uh, la deal, your hockey gear in your duffel bag, and you go you know i 'm saying loose in there, but kept together e night they have shit, but the Gemara then asks right so this is always an issue that we, that we kick around. We don't really know how Chazal uh, came about. Uh, all of these uh, Gezeris, how they were able to fine-tune right, all of the dynamics between the Pesukim and take one aspect of the Ola and a different aspect of the, of, uh, of the, right, the uh, Parkour and Mashiach, how they were able to do that. and the Gemara, But the Gemara it seeks to always fi- find out why did we learn from here, why did we learn from there? So the obvious question here is E, Malahal and have Hefshed. Afghan, they have shit. In other words, we're learning, as we said, we're borrowing the idea that, that we're going to dismember it from the Ola. But we're borrowing the idea that it's going to stay intact and skin it from Kor And so the Gemara is going to ask, well, if we're going to dismember it like the Ola, why don't we just skin it like the Ola? Right? they have shit. So the Gemara says, Right? Well, we did all, we did also have the Pusuk by us with the, with the coin, uh, the seer and the power of, uh, of Yom Kippur. It says that the, Innards and the waste have to stay together. And so the Gemara says, My Talmuda, why is it teaching you that? We already learned that. And the Gemara, and Amar of Papa Rav Papa explained, Kishem bikirbo, Oro. They add a limud that just like the waste and the innards have to stay intact together in the, throughout the burning, um, throughout the whole process of the, of the akorvas, of the animal, so too, the skin and the meat will stay together, which is another way of saying that you do not skin the animal, and that's why we don't treat it like an ola, but rather we treat it, uh, more like the more unique carbonus that are mentioned in Parak of a yikra, which is the par halim dover shotsibur, as we'll bring up, and the parakorimashiach, mashiach, etc. Okay. So now, we talked about the Tumas Begadim. So two dots, ten lines down. From when do you get this right? Tumas Begadim. So So the Torah says, regarding this is our Korban, the par and the seir of Yom Kippur, it says, We already mentioned that. So, says the Gemara. In the Braisa. Elsewhere, where's elsewhere? This regards to again. So, for that, you go back to VeYikra Dalad, the coin Gadol, and the Parhelam Dovershot Shaltzibur, right, and the Par uh, Parcoin Mashiach. In those cases, we already learned that they burn them out of Yerushalayim. That's Chutz Mishalosh Machanos, right? The pasuk over there says Chutz Mishalosh Machanos. That's the Machan Eschchina, Machan Levi, and Machan Israel in the days of the Midbar. There were concentric machinos, right? Inside was the Shechina, then outside of that Levium, outside of that Israel. As we know, these korbonos were brought, um, right, even by Aaron coin, the, Anyam Kippur. So they were, they had to be disposed of outside of the machina Israel in the midbar. In, uh, the base Hamikdash may be rebuilt soon. So the machina is referring to the, the base and the Chatzer, the Machane Leviyah is corresponds to the Har Habayis, and the Machane Israel is considered Yerushalayim, and so this is being burnt outside the walled cities, uh, the walls of the city of Yerushalayim. Okay, so over there, it's more obvious. However, we'll see how it's obvious in the Psukim, that you take it all the way out of Yerushalayim or all the way out of the Machane. But here it just says, All it says is, take it out of the machane. So what does it mean? Well, uh, the way this limud works, as I understand it, Rashi, this is again, not so push it. You look at the Rashi and it's lengthy and the first words already tell you that you're in trouble. Okay. So, the, it's, it's tough. It's tough to read it inside, right? She's telling you. This is not the right girsa. You can't even be Mayashevit. And then he tries to be Mayashevit and he gives different interpretations. So I'm going with like, I'm dancing between the raindrops here, trying to give the most push-up shot in how, how to read these limudim. Uh, but be that as may, by the way, lengthy Rashi's where he says, says or, This all, um, fits into Birnbaum's theory that all, Mesechas Yuma was learned by Rashi at Chalashuddas, as we've mentioned. He's more unplugged, more sort of like, you know, uh, re- more verbose, uh, that he seems that, he, that and he's more concise in other Mesechtas. He brought it up to, uh, the, the genius Dr. Kelman. Uh, who seems to know historical backgrounds of things. And Dr. Kelman thought that this is probably how Rashi, this is, I don't know if that's maybe speculation, he thought this may be how Rashi initially looked everywhere, more like the Rashbam as we saw. Um, uh, however, Rashi did a lot of editing, so when he did the editing and went over, uh, then it became more and more concise over time. So maybe this is a little bit less edited Rashi in Yuma as we're fin- about to hopefully soon finish the But Anyways, so again, back. back let, let's say this outside uh, because the gear says Mishu Beshes, as Rashi says. So the way I understand it is like this: it's it's pasher, in all these cases. You're taking it out of the three machanos, right, more or less. And that here it says the Chutzal It's mentioning an extra machane with regards to the pesukim that we have to the coin uh, to the coin guddles of Oda and Yom Kippur of the Par So that's what the Gemara is saying. In other words, here it says chutz So we have an extra machane. That's the point. We have an extra chutz la So imkein lama Nema chutz la machane. As the gemara lomelacha keva and shiotsa chutz la machane achas metamim begodim. So again, you take it out all the way out three machanos. As you do with the paralam dover shel because we're lining it all up and we're learning one thing from the other. But we have an extra reference of machane by us, by the by the of Odan Yom Kippur, and we use that extra machane to learn that that's when your begadim become tameh, which is to say, as soon as it goes out of the base of mikdash, that's when your begadim become tameh. We write that that was the Machlokes in the mishnah. When do they become tameh? As soon as you exit the wall of the chomas haazara, which is the first machane. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Shimon says all the way out there. So that is, right, that is the source of the Tanakama is this extra machana that teaches you that's when you're begotten become Tame. So now the Gemara asks, Behasem just where do we know in the case of the, like how, how do we know for sure that it means in the case of the par, let's say, how do we know in Perak Dalad of Vayikra that it means that you take it out of all three Machanos? Well, so now we're going to discuss that Pasuk a little bit more in depth. The Tanya, because we're learning the Bresa. V'hoitzi kol HaPar. We're dissecting again the, um, no pun intended, the Pesuk um, in Vayikra Dalad, not the ones by Yom Kippur. That's Tes Zayin. We're talking about here the Param Dovashut Sebur and the Parkar Mashiach. It says like this. Okay, so take, take out the entire part. So says the Gemara, the in the Gemara. So it says, So we understand it as you take it all the way out of your Maybe it means that you only take it out of the Machane, you only take it out of the Azara. So it says the Gemara when later it says, the parha ida here is the parha ha'lam dover shel tzibur. It says, el mi'chutz la it says to the outside of the camp, ain't lomar, which didn't have to be said, because sharei kvar ne'mar is You look at the psukim, okay, so, if you look at the psukim in Vayikra Dalad, you'll see, there's, Paragraphs, right? And the article does you the favor. At each paragraph, it says, now we're talking about the par, korn, mashiach. Now we're talking about the par, helim, dafashel, tsibur, the, the, right? The, and the community, Okay. So at each stage, it sounds like, and when you read it, you can zone out in shul, because you're repeating a lot of the same themes over and over again. And so in the, in the subsequent psukim in Parak dalad, vayikra, it says, you should do this just like you did the other par. And then it continues to describe that you take it min m'l'machaneh. So that's what the Gemara is saying now. The Bryce explains that you didn't have to say that you take it out m'chutz Sh'arei because the Apostle already said, v'sarafato k'sher sarafato Pararishon. We already explained it, that all the strafa procedure, in including the location of where you bring it, it's all the same for all of those parshios in Vayikra so, so why do we have to repeat this concept of taking in the chutz says the Gemara, they teach you, no, that it's not just out of the Azara, but it's out of the Harabais, okay? And then it says again, regarding the removal of the deshen, again, chutz l'machane, third time, and there you didn't have to say it, that you take out the coin Gadol's coin. Mashiach, out to where the deshin is burned. So, so again, these are limudim within nuances of the psukim, what's left over, and that is the source where over there, in we know when it says that you take it, it means all the way out. Out of the Azar, out of the Harabais, and all the way out the walls of Yishalayim, that is where you do the burning. And then subsequent to that, in Vayikrotes Zain, we compare our part in Seir that we've been discussing of Yom Kippur, and we say that those two are burnt outside of Yerushalayim. So that is all the explanation, and we already used the extra machane, right, that after all is said and done, we have one leftover machaneh, and that leftover machaneh by us becomes the source of Rabbi and that the begotten become Tameh, outside of the first machane, when, as soon as he leaves the Azara. That's shita, Reb Shimon, right? So now, Rabbi Shimon, I'm sorry, that's shita's tanakama, right? That's the shita's tanakama. But Rabbi Shimon, as you might recall in the Mishnah, says that you burn it, uh, that you that the begadim become Tameh when you, once you're already burning it. So that's what the Gemara asks now. Seven lines up, Rabbi Shimon, hi, what does Rabbi Shimon learn from Michutz Shimon? In other words, the tanakama. As we just explained, I, I um inadvertently said it, uh Rabbi Shimon, the Tanakama has this extra Khutslamachane right, to teach you that you only take it out of the Azara and that's when you're, that already by then the Begadim become Tameh. But Rabbi Shimon does not hold that. He holds it to become Tameh way later. So what does he do with this extra pasuk of the Chutz Says the Gemara, he's going to, we're going to explain now what the Chutz means according to Rabbi Shimon who doesn't use it for when the Begadim become Tameh as follows. Where's Khan? where's L'machaneh? Khan over here is by us, the Yom Kippur. Seer and Par. Over there is a different thing. Not, none of the ones we mentioned yet. Lahalan is, Chutzla the Parahadumah, Daf coincidence. You want to know where these Sukkim appear? Just come to Shul the Shabbos, and you'll read about the Paraduma right with, right away, and you'll see that it says that the parah aduma is what? Uh, is burnt, Chutzla uh, the, the shechting of the Paraduma is chutz l-mahaneh. So you might ask, wait a minute, it's not talking about the burning; it's talking about the shechting. Uh, but yeah, also, but but it says the Paraduma. Ma'akan, still that word is, is appears. Ma'akan chutz Machanos, and certainly by the Paraduma we said it's outside to the east, all the way outside of the walls of Yerushalayim. But that's where the Paraduma is shechted. That is what Mithutzla is teaching you. So again, according to the Tanakam, Mithutzla is teaching you when to begun and become Tameh. According to Rib Shimon, it's teaching you the location of the burning of the ashes. We just said, right, we're going to take these carcasses of the pot and the seir of Yom Kippur, and we're going to burn them somewhere outside the Machaneh. But which direction are we going? Are we going towards Yamamelech? Are we going towards very Mapet Shemesh, right? Where are we taking, like in which direction, outside of the Machina? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe as long as you take it out of the Machneh it's okay. No, Rabbi Shimon has to equate the direction of where you're taking it to the location of where you shecht the Para Aduma. And that is, so where are you burning it? Says the Gemara, that you burn the uh, carcasses of the Par and the Sea of Yom Kippur, right, uh, to the east of Jerusalem, just like where the location of the shechling of the Parah aduma, An exquisite Tafyomi coincidence. Now, Gemara asks, okay, so that's where Shimon, we've learned, he's, he's burning it east of Jerusalem. Where are the Rabbanon going to burn it, right? They use the Chutzlamach not for location, but for when the Baganah become Tameh. So where are they burning it? They have no compass so says the Gemara, Well, they have a b'risa for that. The b'risa says, Where do you burn the, the power and the se'ir of Yom Kippur? As we turn to Samachasim and Beis, and we see the, the shoreline, Andrew. We're almost at the end of the parrot. Where? Litzfonash Esh Yerushalayim, north of Yerushalayim, first Rashi in Samachasim and Beis, Shekol Khatas B'tzofon. In other words, where, where is this coming from? Why would we? Why would we be in the north? So, so because all of the aspects of the korban chatas are done in the north, and in fact, the par and the seir are a form of korban chatas. I, it doesn't. Those aspects of the korban chatas aren't being done in the north, like outside of the base of mikdash. You might ask, right? I could see Barry's eyes. He's asking me. He's about to ask. So I'll. Bavorn, which is a Yiddish for "I'll anticipate your kasha," which is he's doing it right all on the northern parts in the base of by the Mizbeach. What? Are you, wh- wh- why are you telling me that you're burning it outside of the walls north? What does that have to do with it? So that's why Rashi says Shkoll Ma'asechat Chatas Batsafon. They all have a northern theme, right? Everything is even though the Ma'asechat is in the north and um, the actual sanctuary, as it were. Uh, this is not. The, and this is not, this is outside, but it all has a northern theme. And therefore, one could argue that the burning of these, which are, after all, uh, giving us kapara, is happening when we walk outside, we'll walk northward, because everything has been a north theme. Okay. The machanos, right? So we know that it's, and it's outside l'shosh machanos, and Rabbi Yoisi Oimer, abeis and Yisrofim, that they're burned, where the ashes are, um, where the ashes were deposited, which again, that's the machlokes. and so this tanakama in the right in this brysa that we brought is showing you the rabbanon hold that you take it to the north, just like everything else is to take it to the north. Therefore, they don't need mechutz l'machaneh um, to teach you the location of the burning of the par and the seir. So we have machlokes as to where they were actually burned. So the tanakama disagrees with the BOC. The Gemara is going to say Who is this Tana That disagrees with Yossi I'm a Man, Tana The Polygalator of Yossi Who's this Tana That's putting it out north Rabbi the Ezra Yaakov, who, Remember Rabbi the Yaakov? Uh Yaakov He wrote Maseches Right Didn't he write We said He wrote Maseches Yuma And we said He also wrote Maseches Midos That was That was a beautiful limud Anyway the Tanya Like we learned El Shefech and Yusaref We're bringing him back We're bringing him back We mentioned him at the beginning of We're mentioning him back At the end where does he learn it from? The Torah said, regarding the, the par kohen mashiach, that the ashes poured and it should be burned. Sh'yei sham deshen. That's where the ashes have to be deposited uh, in advance. And the ezer Omer, sh'yei mekoma That deposit means totally different. When it says el shefech Hadeshen, it doesn't mean the location, as Rabbi Yozi said. Rather, it means that it has to be fit for pouring. In other words, it should be Meshupach, like the word Meshupah in Hebrew, which it should be at an angle, right? It has to be at a slope, which is, uh, which is usable for pouring so that it doesn't get it everywhere. And that slope, meshupach, is what the Pusik is referring to, and therefore not to the location of, of the Deshan. And therefore, it is he who is arguing on the Rabbi Yossi, And so he's the author of that b'risa. However, that was Rava. Do you think Abaye took that standing down? Do you think he had a comment? You better believe he did. Maybe they only disagree whether the place has to be fit with a slope for pouring, but they both agree, perhaps. In other words, just because, this is Pashat, just because they have a machlokis about what the word mishupach means doesn't mean that they're cholik as to the location of where the deshin goes. They could also agree about that, right? The Gemara said, who's disagreeing, right? In other words, who's this... Uh, uh, unattributed Tana, who disagrees with Biyosi and thinks that everything uh, has to be burned in the north. Oh, it has to be with Yaakov who doesn't learn the word Mishupach to teach you the location. Okay, but it still, he might ag- agree with the location. So, anyway, that was the discussion in the base match between Rava and Abaye. Okay, so now we have a Brisa about the Tumas Begadim. Tana uh, Abanim the one who burns, Vassaref Matamim Begadim. he who's burning these, right, these Karbonashim Kippur, it causes himself and his begotten to become Talmud. It's the person who's burning the, the carcasses, not the person who lit the fire. Okay. Nor is the person who set up the bonfire. So, right, as we learned in the beginning of the Masechta, this is another thing Bram always points out, as you get towards the end, and this, I, I, have heard time and time again from Rabbi Gross and other Tamil Uh, we saw it, uh, famously, um, in Shabbos when we started talking about the Darabanas of Shabbos at the end. You start, start, we start to loosen up, uh, the loose ends and refer to a lot of the things that we mentioned at the beginning of the Masechta. We like to finish off. There must be a Goran with Mr. Moment somewhere in there. But in any event, so again, the, the, those who are setting up the bonfire, and those who are lighting it, their begotten do not become tummy. Just the person who said, who is bur- actually putting the animal on it and burning it. So wait a minute. Who's the one who becomes tummy then? Says, In other words, you're setting up the pyre, you're, you're, you're burning up the fire, then you put the animal on top, and at the time of the burning itself, he's kind of helping and assisting, and his begotten become tummy. You might have thought, Yachel Af Mishinazu that even after they become ashes that they still can be metame be gadim. Talmud Lomar he who burns them, meaning Osum etame be gadim. So there's a window there where your be become tame. It's after the fire is lit and before the animals become ashes. And Rabbi Lozer Shimon Omer, ha par metame, which means that the par is causing people to become tame. But once it's already has decomposed, it's not metame. So that was a machlokas, right? Because one says once it's charred and ashes, it's no longer metame. The other one says it's, that it's not metame once it's already, um, right, decomposed. So what's the difference? Ikebe na'yu, the charucha. Uh, where, it, what, what if it's at its burnt stage where it's reduced to a charucha, a charred animal, but not yet ashes? So that would be the machlokas where it's already totally charred and therefore one could say that it cannot be matame anymore or if you're waiting if it would be totally ashes so in the between stage when it's totally charred but not yet fallen apart um, there, there would lay the machlokas as to whether it's matame begodim at that end stage or not. Okay, so we're up to the last mission of the parak, and we're continuing with the avodas Yom Kippur So this is what Rashi had been saying, right? Rashi was saying that all of this burning this is going that we already mentioned it's in the next Pasuk, but it's going to happen later. But we're already preparing for it. The question is, when do you start? The question of this Mishnah is, how far along in the process of the Sierra mishleach do we have to be before we can resume the Avodah? So let's see. Amr al-Kohen Gadol. They said to the Kohen Gadol, The Seir HaMishtaleach has reached the desert. Not the cliff, Andrew. The desert. Okay. And once he does that, he can resume. So now you know. The desert was how many mil? So we discussed yesterday in the Mishnah of the, the cliff was 12 or 10 mil outside uh, of Yerushalayim. The desert was 3 mil out. So the, Gemara, the Mishnah asks, How do we know when he got to the Midbar? So the Mishnah says, This harkens to, right, sounds like Rosh Hashanah, which we're going to learn soon enough. They set up watchmen. They weighed flags, right? This is like how the Golan knew uh, when it was Rosh Chodesh. they were waving flags to notify uh, that we reached the proper location. Where did they reach when they're waving the flags? So, we'll see. When they reach the wilderness, it says, wave flags, the Yonin Midbar, the Mishnah says. That's how you know that you reached the Midbar. Ama Rebbe but they had a, a better Siman. Mirushalayim, V'Abeis Chidudo, right, from Yerushalayim to the base Chidudo, the area, uh, it's interesting. What is this base Chidudo? So there's, in the Yerushalmi, and in the Ramams parish and as quoted in the Yerushal, it's called Beis Charon. Base Charon is a place. It's a place that marks the beginning of the Midbar. So as we said, this is where the Midbar starts. Andrew claims to have been on a tour where all of this was shown to him. We've got to do a road trip and, and check out all these areas. We've got to go to Beis Charon. And see if it's still there if we could see the point where the midbar starts. But anyway, Rabbi Shmail Omer. So that that was right, so that was only a mill. So again, They went out, and that was three mil. So how do you count three mil? Holchin mil, you walk one mil with the with the right Ish iti as we discussed, Khhozin mill, and they have to come back. So do the math. You walk out and you only accompany him one mil because you're not going to accompany him out of the trum, you're not going to do more than 2,000 amos. So you walk with him one mil. These are like the rabbis, right? The uh, the, And then they walk back a mil, so that's two mil. And then vishohin k'day mil. Then you wait one more mil's worth and they know that if it took this long for us to walk out and then come back and we wait one more mil, by that time it's already three mil out, which means they're already out in the midbar. As the Mishnah continues to say, that's how they know the year was in the midbar. Twitch that's so you don't have to do the thing with the towels and the flags. You could also do the the the, the waiting period before you can resume the avoda. And then Rabbi Shmalo siman No, there's a third simon. It's a simon we mentioned earlier. Losh back to the red string. Right? It was strip of red wool it was tied to the Pesach of the Shinamar, as the pesach famously says we mentioned yesterday if once your uh, sins have been right uh, taken care of right uh, atoned for so then the red is going to turn into white well this is interesting right because this is Rabbi Shmuel that It's making two assumptions. Number one, historically, we said in the B'risa that uh, yesterday's Gemara, that historically they stopped doing that. They didn't tie it in the Hechel anymore, right? They started tying it half on, as the mission said, half on the rock and half between the the, the horns of the Sierra Mishaleah. So that's already way out there. So that's not a good simon for us. And the other point is that when did it turn... Why? Did it turn white when we got our kapara and our tshuva was complete or when the avod of the Sierra Mishalech was complete? Right. So Rabbi Shemal here is making two assumptions. Number one, that the that it's still in the Heichal and number two, that as soon as we reach the wilderness, right, the Midbar, it's going to turn white. None of those are obvious. And in fact, both of those things are subject to Machlokas. Uh, Simon Wolf, the great Dafiomi master, Shlita, also says that uh, there's a Machlokas here in the Mifarshim points out as to whether historically we're going to say this is a historical uh, point in time and that it no, was no longer true once it was moved out, as our Mishnah described, out into the Midbar, or maybe there was multiple strings even then. It's unclear. It's, it sounds like shot that this would be in older times that you'd have that simon, but later on you would no longer have it, which places this sheet of Rabbi Shmal in the Mishnah earlier than the Mishnah that we learned earlier. Um, interesting. Okay. It says this Gemara, Amar Abayi, beis chidudu Kayama. This, we learn from this. Right, that that was the very beginning of the cliff. That the, the base, what, what the Yerushalmi and, and the Rambam, he even here says is base Charon agrees. And what it learns, right, that this is the beginning of the Midbar. In other words, this whole idea of where of going out gives us the idea of where, in fact, you the the right. There's a lundus here, where in fact. The mitzvah of the seir is complete, as we mentioned. Right. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda holds that Kevon shegiyas seir la midbar mitzvah. that that is, in fact, the completion of the seir hamishteleach. Right. And at that point, that's when the kohen gadol can resume with his avoda. Now, mind you. We said yesterday that we, Dafka, have to throw the animal off the cliff. In fact, that was one of the reasons why we didn't want to just put the string around the rock because if it turned white, we were afraid that we weren't going to throw the animal off the cliff. So this goes back to the idea of what we discussed before, which Ravari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, Shalita, points out, which is when does the kapara of the Sierra Mishlech actually take place? Um, does it take place uh, There are various stages This is one of the stages Does it take place When we reach the desert But be that as it may The, the Gemara had already pointed out That the mitzvah is anyways We do not want to be mivata. on this mitzvah Of the throwing over the cliff Of the Seirah Mishtaleach And so we have a few minutes left But we'll say And we finish the sixth parak And we'll start a little bit With the seventh parak Here on Samachas Amad Bez The Mishnah said Bala koin this likros. So at this stage um, the Kohen Gadol was informed, right, the Seer Mishleach had reached the midbar, and it is not until then he gets a little break, right? At that point, he gets to, he gets to resume, and he's going to read Parshios pertaining to Yom Kippur out loud in the Ezra Snashim. How did this look? As follows Ba'olah Kohen Gadol, The Kohen Gadol comes to the Azara, to the um, Ezra Snashim, to read from the Sefer Torah. Imratz likras big day Korah, he can read it. In, uh, while he's still in the Big Day lavon. that's the Big Day boots of, of Yom Kippur, or he can have his own fancy robe that his mom made him, because this is a, actually very, very important. This means, as the Gemara point out, this points out that, uh, this is the first piece of the Gemara, this is not considered A Avodas Yom Kippur. This is, right, a actual, thing that he has to do, and it's part of the Seder HaYom but it's not necessarily called Avoda Samikdash, and therefore that's why he does not necessarily have to wear either the Big Day Lovin or the Big Day Zav. What's the procedure like? Chazan Haknessis, nota Torah The Chazan Haknessis is, uh, Chaim Shechter, who ironically is not yet here. Uh, so that's the Gabai, as Rashi points out. The Chazan Haknessis is not only the Gabai and the Chazan. We have that in Jacob Shah that our Gabai is a Chazan. Venos no Larosh Haknessis, and he hands it to the head of the shul, uh right. And then and then Viroshaknes Nosul is gone, there he is, on Q. Rosha Knessis Nosul is Ghan. Vas Ghan Nosul Koingadl. Uh the Koin Godal made him And the Koengadel rises, receives it, and he's about to read from the the Parshias as described in the Mishnah. So as our Khazan Akness Ghabai, the legendary Chaim Shechter, walks in, we will stop in the Mishnah. And we wish you a good Shabbos as and as we proceed with the reading of the Kriya Satira in the Avoda of Yom Kippur.